Hebrews chapter 12. Are you there? Verse 25 says, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, he sh his voice shook the earth, but now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Another translation says, Our God is an all-consuming fire. He's an all-consuming fire. Amen? I had a great Christmas. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You're going to realize that the man in your life is still a boy. He might be in his 50s, 60s, 70s, but he's still a boy. Amen? He might be short on words sometimes, quiet as can be. But when he's given the opportunity to play, he plays. The only thing is he has money now. So he's a little more dangerous. So this past Christmas, I literally spent two days in my backyard chopping wood. I've never chopped wood in, in my life. But I bought an axe and I started chopping wood. I bought a chainsaw. That was my Christmas gift. And I still have all 10 of my fingers and nine of my toes. Just kidding. And so I, I, I was chopping wood. And you know, you don't just chop wood. You got to make a fire. And I don't have a mother and dad are going to get angry at me for lighting fires in the backyard. And my wife wasn't looking. So I've been lighting fires. And, and I learned this, there's, there's different techniques. You know, because you, you take the wood and you try to light it just like that. It doesn't light that way. You got you to arrange it, right? So there's, a, there's one called a TP way of lighting fire where you get the wood and you make like a little teepee and you, you, put, you put some kindling or some like, like um, you know, old leaves or, or things that are dry and those things catch real, real quick and, and what the, the idea is you light the, the kindling and then it lights up other, other pieces of wood until the big logs catch on fire because when you, when you light a fire, if you light the little, little pieces of wood, they burn real quick, but you get the big logs and they, they last for a long time. Amen? And so you got to light the, the smaller ones to light the bigger ones, right? And there's another way that's called, they call it the log cabin, where you, you get two pieces of wood, you lay it down flat, and, and then you get another two, two pieces, you put it cross away, and you just kind of build it up like a, like a wall, like a little log cabin. And then you put some kindling wood in the center of it, you know, smaller pieces of wood, some dry wood, and then you, you, uh, you put, you know, leaves and stuff. And, and, and I did it all, I was lighting fires just with, you know, a little lighter, no lighter fluid. No gasoline. If I had gasoline, my wife would probably have told me to stop. I would have used it. 
Amen. But I was lighting fires, you know, and so all, you know, I think last night, three times I woke up just to make sure that there was no more fire in the backyard, just make sure that I put it out right, you know, just like nothing burning out there. Okay, I'm okay. Amen. But it's lighting fires, right? But you know, the, the thing about lighting fires, you know, you got wood, but not all, all the wood is the same. You know, so I was cutting down different woods and, and, and I put the wood there. And I realized that some wood was ready to catch fire and other was not. And so what I would do is I would take the wood that, that was still like fresh, that wasn't dried out, wasn't ready to catch the fire. And I would make a fire using the dry wood. But as the dry wood was catching and the fire got, got up, I began to put in the wet wood. And when I put in the wet wood, it began, the fire began to dry up the, the wet wood. And then the wood would begin to catch fire. Next thing you know, I had a big, a big old bonfire in my backyard. And I still got my eyebrows. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. And so today I want to talk to you about how to start a fire. How to start a fire. The Word of God says that our God is an all-consuming fire. Amen. And you can have all the wood and, and all the, the things you need for it. But you have to position the wood correctly if you want to start a fire. Amen. If it's out of order, if it's not... If it's not ready to burn, then you'll have a hard time. And that's the way most of our lives are. You know, the Bible says that our God is an all-consuming fire. He doesn't want you cold. He wants you hot. Amen. But many people, they allow the circumstances of life to pull them away from God. And instead of having this openness of heart and this sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and ready to press into the things of God and get, and get so caught up with the things of the Lord, we allow the circumstances of life to pull us away and we forget who we are and whose we are. And instead of being servants of God and those that God wants to put His Holy Ghost fire upon, we become people that's like that wet wood. The fire might be around us, you know, and it looks good. And, you know, I, I look like all the other pieces of wood, but I'm not ready to get burnt. I'm not ready to catch up, catch fire. But even though your life might not be ready or, or your life not be in position where it seems like you, you don't have the same hunger and the passion that you might have had yesterday or the hunger and the passion that others have, but it doesn't mean that you can't catch a fire. You just need to hang around with some people that are burning hot for God. And surround yourself with those that are burning for the Lord Jesus Christ. And once you're around them, the heat that they're producing, the Holy Ghost that's flowing on their life will come upon you. And you begin to burn again, amen, for the glory of God. And it's important that you get into the fire. God doesn't want you lukewarm. He wants you hot. Amen. Hot with the things of God. Passionate for the things of the Lord. God doesn't have any time he wants to waste. Your life is on a clock. You're only going to be in this world for so long and then the end of your race. But while you're here, serve the Lord with passion. Why are you here? Burn bright for the glory of God. Why are you here? People should know that Jesus is Lord of your life and that you are someone that could tell them, how to be saved, how to be born again.
Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and touch him and say, are you hot? <laughs> Y'all had the sound effects too. I heard you. <laughs> We're chosen by God to minister and worship to him. Worship him. Just think about it. Of all the people in the world, there are many people that don't know God. They don't know how to worship. They don't, they don't, they don't even know what the presence of God is like. You know, some of us, it's hard for us to remember the days that we didn't know what the presence of God was because we were walking with the Lord and, and we've learned how to just run into the presence of God. But can you imagine what your life would be if you didn't know how to enter into the presence of God? That's my secret. When things start getting rough, I know where to go hide. I hide in His presence and His presence is fullness of joy. It might look like I'm surrounded by all the enemies of darkness, but when I get into the presence of God, the light of Jesus Christ overshadows me. Amen? I run into the presence. The presence of God is the place of healing, the place of, of restoration, it's a place of strength. And when I get into the presence of God, I hear His voice and I get direction for my life that no matter how deep and how dark the place I might be because of the situation I'm going through, when I know I'm in the presence of God, I still have the victory. I know how to run to this presence, amen? Can you imagine what life would be without that? Last week, we were, we were watching a movie, and this couple was trying to raise kids, and, and they ran to the things of the world when they were going through a difficult time. And, and I, I looked at my wife, and I said, I said, how terrible it is that a parent does not know how to go before God and ask for help for their family. I, I, I felt desperate for them. I felt sad for them. You know, it was supposed to be a comedy, but I, I felt sad for them because they didn't know Jesus and they had no place of, of, of rest, of comfort. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them of, of them all. And if you don't have the presence of God, you don't have that promise. You know what the first thing I would do if I wasn't saved? The first thing I would do if I wasn't saved is I'd get saved. Because how can you live a life without God? The world will say, oh, I got God. You have God? Yes, I have God. Because I do good here and I do good there. That's not God. It's not about your works. Because you might say, I've done good here, I've done good there. But if we look under the cover, there's a lot of bad stuff that's going on. It's not about your works. It's about what Jesus has done for you. Amen? And you have the Holy Spirit that you can run to and find answers in your times of trouble that no matter what you're going through, there's always a way out. There's always a place of victory. There's always a plan. The Bible says that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen? Even if you go to the darkest pit, His presence will be there for you. If everybody rejects you, God will never reject you. Amen? Hallelujah. And we have to be a people that present the presence of God to everyone. Because it's not going to be our arguments. It's not going to be our articulation. It's not going to be because we're good preachers or good singers or good performers. Or it's not going to be any of that. The only thing that the people want to know is their power. Is their power. Is your God alive? 
Because if your God is not alive, if your God doesn't heal, your God doesn't, doesn't set people free, your God doesn't raise the dead, if your God doesn't do what the Bible says He has done, then your God is just a figment of your imagination. And the only way we can experience the power of God and the glory of God is by those that run with the fire of God. Those that know their God shall do great exploits. If you haven't spent time with God, you know, you might have hope, but you won't have expectation. You won't have direction. If your mind is divided, your heart is divided, you might, have, you might know what is good things to do, but you won't know the power of God. Standing here at this altar, I stand with holy reverence knowing that God has anointed me to preach this gospel. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is here to back me up with power for anyone who is needing healing or needing direction that they can receive from the Lord. But it took me spending time. I've been up since three in the morning praying about this service. I've been endued with power to do what God's called me to do. Amen. But if I didn't have any prayer, if I didn't spend any time with God, if God was just something that only did on Sunday, I would walk up here and might be able to perform, but it won't produce the goods. I'm tired of counterfeit. I want the real thing. Amen. Is Jesus alive or not? Is God real or not? Is his word sufficient? Then it's time for us to burn hot, hot with the glory of God. And you might say, well, pastor, you don't know my past, but I do know what Jesus did for you. And even though man might have disqualified you, God has qualified you. But pastor, I messed up. Get back up. Try again. God will restore you. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God will restore you. Your story is going to give God glory. Amen. John 4 Verse 24 says, For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Everybody say spirit and truth. So we worship him. We come boldly into the throne of grace. We, we surrender our, our, our worship and we give him the glory that's due to his name. We recognize that we're not just singing a song, but we're singing to a king that we're surrounded by angels, that we're in heavenly places now. Amen. That Jesus is Lord. Everybody say, Jesus is Lord. That means He's Lord over every area of your life. He's Lord over your weaknesses. He's Lord over your fears. He's Lord over your, your addictions. He's Lord over every area of your life. Jesus is Lord. Amen. We serve Him. We worship Him. We spend time with Him. We plead on behalf of others. We go into the throne room of grace to find mercy and obtain grace in time of need. We know where to find our answers. And it's found in the presence of the Lord. Amen. This is not just something we do when we're going through trouble. It's something we do all the time because if we're not going through trouble, there's trouble out there that God wants to anoint you to set those out there free. 
Most Christians only pray in times of trouble. The only reason why you pray in times of trouble is because you're being humbled by the circumstances of life. But God wants to put you in a place of victory that no matter what comes your way, the fire of God that's upon your life is greater than anything that attacks it. Amen? But it's, it takes you being hungry. Pressing in, spending time with God, recognize that He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And He's worthy. He's worthy of all our praise, worthy of our life, worthy of our time. And the thing about it is, there's a lot of dreams and desires that you have. And God has a way of, that when you follow Him and do what He called you to do, those dreams and those desires, they're not as far as you think they are. He begins to bring them about. Because I want you to understand, God desires to bless you. He's a good father. He wants to supply your needs. He wants to prosper you. He wants to help you. Amen. But he has a plan that only you can fulfill. And it takes you yielding yourself to God and pressing in. Amen. When others don't pray, you're going to pray. When others don't want to worship, I'm going to worship. When others walk away from God, I'm not walking away from God. Amen. Where do you go? He's the only one that has life. It's hard for us to remember what it was before we gave our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes we forget all the wonderful things that God has done for us. And the enemy comes and tries to, to steal our joy and rob us of peace. But what he's really doing is robbing God of the glory. And, and we start looking at ourselves and saying, oh man, you know, maybe if I was like this and like that. Don't you remember how you were almost dead, but he, got, he brought you back to life? How your life was broken and he restored you? Had you had no purpose or destiny and he gave it all to you? Don't you remember when you were all alone, but then the Holy Spirit wrapped his arms of love around you and told you that you are greatly loved? He brought health to your body, brought peace to your mind. He's a God of restoration. Amen. And he's good. He's wonderful. It's an honor to be able to go into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I've been... I've been eating good. I eat good. There's certain foods that I, I try not to eat. And uh, most people know, so when they try to get me snacks, they always give me the wrong snacks. My wife loves it because she eats all the things I don't eat. And so I'll, I'll take a break and I'll, you know, especially over Christmas, I was just eating whatever. And I'd wake up in the morning, I'd say, honey, I feel so terrible. My body, I mean, I got all these pains. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I, I don't, man, this, my, this, it don't feel good. And she looked at me and she said, well, you know, it's because you've been eating good. You got to start eating bad so you know how to. <laughs> I don't want to go back. 
I thank God that he's delivered me. I thank God. Listen, that's the way a lot of people are. You know, they're, they're doing good. They're feeling good. They're working good. Their, their bodies are working. Their minds are working. Their finances are working. The glory of God. They got joy and they got peace. But then the, that little devil says, you know what? You should try that other stuff. Go back to the old ways. No, you've been set free. You've been set free from that drug. You've been set free from that alcohol. You've been set free from that way of life. Hallelujah. Stay hot. Burn bright for the glory of God. We don't want a, just a touch from heaven. We want the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost to consume that all-consuming fire. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's every day of our life. Your life will be so much greater if you spend time with God before you do anything. And someone says, you know, well, Pastor, what if the Holy Spirit comes upon me? And what if it's not the Holy Ghost? When you yield yourself to the fire of the Holy Ghost, you will get the real thing. You don't get a counterfeit. You don't get a counterfeit. In Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13, it says, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Do you want the Holy Spirit? All you have to do is ask Him. That's all you have to do is ask Him. When you begin to ask Him, you're not going to get, you're not going to get something fake. You're, you're going to get the real thing, amen? You have to understand that it's in the, it's the Holy Spirit. This is the time of the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God comes upon you and He anoints you with power, power from heaven, that wherever you go, you set people free from the curses of this world. Death ends. You know one of the most powerful things that you could do when someone is hurting? And this is for someone that's filled with the Spirit and someone is not. One of the most powerful things you could do is just put your hand upon someone. How many times have you been going through something and someone just put their hand upon you and you felt peace, you felt comfort, you felt strength? Don't you understand it's the Spirit of God that was birthed inside of you that when, when, when God breathed into man, that Spirit that's operating in you is now moving and there's just something spiritual that's taking place because you're there. That's the Spirit of God that was given to you that brought life. But when you spend time with the Holy Ghost, when you put your hand upon someone, the Holy Spirit is, starts touching them and starts ministering to them. Amen? Hallelujah. You have to understand that you're all God has. You are His man. You are His woman. You are the one for this season, this time. Your life is supposed to reflect the glory of God. I understand that most churches don't talk about this. They just want to deal with the, the, the actions of people and they want to deal with the sins of people and they just want to give a little bit of hope. But I want to tell you, this church is here to raise up mighty men and women of God filled with the fire, filled with the Holy Ghost and the fire of God upon their life so that wherever you go, things change. Amen? The reason why we're so passionate about it because we're still amazed that God will use us. 
I'm still amazed that God uses me. I couldn't do this. I tried to preach on my own. My father convinced me. He said, hey, Kevin, there's a small service. There's only going to be 300 people there, you know. Uh, prepare for a month. Just talk and, and minister to them. And, and he kept on beg, you know, bothering me. So finally I said, okay, Dad, I'll do it. I'll do it. And I had like 10 pages of notes. I studied for a month and I got up here, tried to preach, and I said everything in 10 minutes. I looked at everybody and they all looked at me like, Poblecito, he's not his dad, he doesn't know how to do this, you know. I walked off that stage and I said, I'll never do this again. But when the fire of God hit me, I found myself, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I would be at Walmart buying something just so I could tell the person that was taking my money that Jesus loved them. Praying for them in the stores, praying for them in the streets, praying for them wherever. I'd go online just looking for someone to respond to a message so that I could pray for them and minister to them and lead them to Christ. God would begin to remind me of friends that I knew that, that weren't saved. I began to call them and witness to them personally. And next thing you know, they'd be crying on the phone and giving their life to the Lord. And as I began to keep, I kept on following the Lord and every day I would spend time on my face and my knees crying out to God. And it wasn't because of the things that I needed. I was crying out to God because I wanted God to bless this world and bless this community. And somehow, some way, use me for your glory. It went from preaching 10 minutes to, I don't care how long that clock says, it's, that's a liar, that clock. Amen. Praise the Lord. But the thing about it is, you know, you, you, could, you could have a caller, you could have a diploma, but if you don't got fire, it's like having a car without the gas. It looks good, but ain't going nowhere. Amen. Everybody say fire. Surround yourself with people that are pressing into the things of God. Surround yourself with people that love the Lord, that, that are worshiping God. Because I promise you, if you surround yourself with people that are hungry for God, the hunger of God will rise up on the inside of you. It's real easy to, 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 to fall away when you're separated. Because you understand the enemy will try to put you in a place of separation because he knows that if he could separate you, he could, he could change your, your, your thinking so that you will begin to yield yourself to his temptations. What happens? Some people, they, they start so strong with God, so much on fire for God, wanting more of the Lord. What happened? Why are they lukewarm? Why are they cold? Why, why aren't they around? Why aren't they present into the things of God? They, they, they went through something, and instead of bringing it to God, they got by themselves. One of the biggest temptations is when you're going through difficult times, you keep your mouth shut. Inside you're hurting, inside your, your life is, is crumbling and, and you might be able to put makeup to cover the outward exterior, but on the inside your heart is broken. So you keep your mouth shut. That's the time you need to find a man or a woman of God that will stand with you, lay hands upon you, cast that spirit of torment 
off your life and raise you up back in the things of God. Because the thing about fire, you know, when you get fire around you, it will catch you. And the same fire that's upon one piece of wood will be the same fire that will be upon the other. And the more that we gather together, we could create an inferno that will burn bright for the glory of God. Together we're strong. Don't let the enemy separate you. Amen. It doesn't mean that you tell your business to everybody, but once God has shown you someone, don't be afraid to go up to them and say, Look, I just need to, I need you to pray. I need you to, to minister to me. I need to just confess. I need to speak these things out because I need God to intervene. And if you ask for the Holy Ghost, you're not going to get a serpent. You'll get the real thing. Amen. How many know that you'll get the real thing? But understand, God is spirit. Everybody say, God is spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes in, he comes with reverence and awe. He comes with power. So don't expect to have a normal experience. I remember when, when Fidel first, first started coming. I just woke him up. He said, I felt everything in me saying, run out of here. And the reason why you want to run out of here is because those devils said, don't go into that church. But he was set free. Now I can't get rid of him. Amen. We're not talking about little God, little Holy Spirit. We're talking about big God, big Holy Spirit. That when he shows up, the world knows. Amen. We're not here for just a preaching and an encouragement. We're here to get saturated by the glory of God. We're here to catch fire with the things of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Somebody say fire. And he's an all-consuming fire. You know, God doesn't let you just stay the same. Well, God, I want you to take this, but I'm good over here. No, 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 no. See, the thing about fire, even though you might have the fire there, when you gather the wood, the, the wood needs to be prepared for the fire. So all I, I was doing this past two days is I was splitting the logs, making them smaller so they could be easier, it could catch fire easier. Amen? Veronica, you need to get me a flannel shirt. I'm ready for the Hallmark movies. I am a lumberjack. But some things in your life need to be split and cut away. The Word of God cuts and divides. And when the word of God comes and cuts and divides in your life, don't be resistant to it. Yield yourself to the word of God. When the, the word of God says, this is what we do and this is what we don't do, follow the word. Don't make your, your, your faith, don't, don't make your own religion. Amen. Don't make your own way of life. Follow the Holy Ghost. Follow the Word. If the Word says stop it, stop it. Amen. 
Say, if the word says stop it, stop it. Because a lot of people pervert the word of God because they're making their own God. And then they try to come with this, oh, yes, but, but my God, He loves me. Yes, He loves you. My God is good. Yes, He's good. But your life is not showing the fruits of righteousness. And the world doesn't want that because you're too cold. They could find that in the club. They could find it in their own way. But what they want is the fire. The things of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say fire. I believe that we're going to light fires in 2022. Amen. That your life is going to shine bright for the glory of God. That when you walk into a place, people are going to say, oh, there's something about you. There's something about you. You know, my last name is Ortiz, but that doesn't mean nothing. The only thing that matters is the Holy Ghost upon me. That's it. That's all that matters. I've gone into, into dark places just to go minister to people. And the moment I walk in that place, everybody looks at me like, you don't belong here. I know I don't belong here. But what they're seeing is the glory of God. Amen. Praise God. The fire of God will change you. Your friends won't recognize you. They'll look at you and they'll say, man, what... Who are you? You're not the same person. I have friends that I went to high school that when they, when they saw me years later, they, they literally said, I can't believe you're doing this. This is amazing. Like, you're not the same person. Half of you here knew me from back then. Some of you were in the service and saw me fail. How many of you were here in the service when I preached for 10 minutes? Let me see your hands. Yeah, a couple. They keep coming because it's a sign and a wonder. but it starts with fire. Hunger. Are you thirsty for God? Do you want to be the same or, or are you willing to yield yourself to the Lord? Let Him cut away the things in your life. You might say, well, Pastor, I don't know how to get that off of me. I don't know how to, to, to follow. I don't know how to, to be set free. Present yourself before the Lord. What you can't do, the fire of God can do. He will send forth His fire and the things that were imperfections will be burnt away and the only thing that will remain is the pure gold. Amen? Somebody shout fire. I'm telling you it's time to light some fires in this place. Amen?